Well, hello again, everyone, and welcome to this week's Bible study podcast. Today, we will look into chapter 4 of Proverbs as we continue our study into wisdom. I hope all is well with you and your family. Uh, This week, we learned that Jason, Amy's husband, you know, my number two daughter, uh, Jason has the COVID-19 virus. He picked it up from his superintendent. He works for Brassfield Gorey and in the construction, he, he picked it up there. You all know Donna. Well, her daughter, Dana, she is actually, she's expecting Donna's first grandchild. Uh, she's actually only three weeks away, but we found out the other day that Dana also has the COVID-19 virus. So we need to remember uh, her and Je- Dana and Jason as well as the families involved there. And as we try to move on with our lives, this COVID-19 thing is still here. And we need to continue to pray for President Trump, Governor Ivey, Mayor Tony, as well as Brother Tim and others as we strive to continue with our lives in the midst of this pandemic. Also pray for me as I try to teach these Bible studies And as I mentioned last week, you need to pray for yourself, too, that in spite of my teaching, that you can still understand and grow as a Christian. So let's begin our study with a word of prayer. Our kind and gracious Heavenly Father, we do indeed come to you. Father, we're thankful that we can approach your throne of grace in prayer through Christ. We're thankful that we can pray and we're thankful that you hear our prayers. And Father, there's so much that we we just don't understand. Help us to cope with this pandemic. Father, we lift Jason and Dana to you and the families, Lord, that uh, the sickness of the disease will be minimal. And Father, that they can recover easily and that we can move on. Father, we do lift up our president, President Trump, to you, Lord, that you would give him the wisdom. Father, give him the courage, the strength to make the bold decisions that he needs to make. Father, we lift up our governor, Governor Kay Ivey, to you, Father, as the the, the leader of our state. Father, that as we live in Alabama, that you would indeed give her the wisdom and direction needed that uh, as we continue on, in these days here in this state. And Father, we lift up Tony Picklesheimer to you as the mayor of our city. Father, we just ask that you would give him wisdom and direction and discernment that he needs, Father, as he leads our city. We lift up Brother Tim Cox, pastor of our church, or pastor of Liberty Baptist Church, that in the coming days as we seek to try to get back to some normal Uh, We ask that you would just uh, bless him, give him wisdom and direction, Father, of the things that he needs as he leads our church. Father, I ask your blessings upon this lesson now as we study your word. Father, that as we feed on wisdom, Lord, that you would nourish us, that you would give us the insight and the wisdom that we need based on the talents and the abilities that you've created us with, Father that we can be the children that you would have us to be, that we can grow in a way that's pleasing to you. For it's in the precious name of Jesus we pray. Amen. 
Today, as we continue our study into wisdom, we're going to look at choice. Choice, not choices. It is easy to comprehend the fact that we're going to make choices every day. We make many, many choices in a day, in a month, in a year, in a lifetime. But today we want to just focus on choice itself, the very nature of choice. Like wisdom, it is a real entity. It's a real thing. If we look up the definition of choice, we find that it is the act of selecting or making a decision when faced with two or more options, a course of action that is selected or decided upon. So we have an idea about what choice is, and certainly if we go back to Adam and Eve and the choice that they made to eat of the fruit versus not. But the basic tenet of chapter 4 is that life is a journey. And as we travel along this pathway in this journey, our entire life, as we encounter obstacles and forks in the pathway, we make decisions as to which fork in the path to take, techniques to get around obstacles, all these kinds of things. And the choices we make in a day or a lifetime, they're, they're innumerable to count. But each choice, each decision we make, regardless of how small it may seem to be, it literally directs our future. Okay, answer this. How do you know if you have made the right choice? <laughs> have you ever asked yourself that question? How do I know if I've made the right choice? The car we purchase, I don't know, the dress, pants we buy, the house we buy, uh, maybe the spouse that we, we've asked to live with, you know, whatever the case may be. How do we know if we have made the right choice? When confronted with a decision to make, how do you know what decision to make? We may think that the more we know about something, the better decision we can make. And for sure, that is a good answer. On the surface, that is a simple response. Certainly, the more you know about something, the better choice you can make. Well, if it's really that simple, then why is it we don't know enough about something to make that right choice or to make that better choice. You know, that's the number one response that I hear when discussing scripture or other life issues with someone. And their easy response is that they just don't know enough. And, and I'm thinking, well, why not? Why don't, why don't you know more? If one, answers that, if one answers that they don't know enough, let's say scripture, they feel inadequate enough to discuss current events and things with somebody else, to talk with other people. They say they feel inadequate. Now think about that for a moment. Did God create you and give you your life, given your talents and ability? Did he make you inadequate? If you say, well, I feel inadequate to talk about some issue or some spiritual truth, does that really make sense? Did God make you inadequate? Why would you even think such a thing? 
Well, we need to feel more confident in ourselves, but how do we do that? Well, this is what Solomon is trying to pass on to his son or to the next generation. That we, if we talk about choice, it's not study and learn more about God's word and better direct the life's path. Isn't that what it's all about? And if that's what it's all about, then why do we have issues? Now, that doesn't mean that we need to know everything about everything like God does. We're not God. But he did create us with certain talents and abilities. Now, we may not need to know and understand calculus and differential equations in mathematics, nor do we need to know and understand time and space entanglement in quantum physics. That is, unless we use those in our jobs. But, based on the talents and abilities God has given us, we should be able to know and understand Scripture thus be able to know basic fundamental elements of truth and of living. And not only that, but know enough to pass it on. And that's going to be the focal point of the choice here as we look into chapter 4, to not only know enough to make good choices, but also to pass it on. So let's take a look at Proverbs chapter 4, beginning with verses 1 and 2. Hear, children, the instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding, for I give you good doctrine. Forsake not my law. Now there are two things that we need to note here. Number one, the child and the father. And it implies that we have an unlearned child growing up and learning and then we also have the older, wiser father. Yes, it's implied that the older you are, the wiser you are. And yes, it is implied that as a young child, you don't know as much as you think you know. Thus, we have two people, one wise and one not wise. But the second thing here that we need to look at is that the older, wiser father is indeed passing down his wisdom to his less learned child. It's as if it's his duty to pass on wisdom to the next generation. Now all we have to do is look around. <laughs> How much wisdom has our generation passed down to the current generation? It doesn't look like too much, and that's why I guess things are the way they are. So it is indeed important to not only know, but to pass on wisdom. Now, if we look at uh, verses 5 through 9, as we read 5 through 9, get wisdom, get understanding, for, forget it not, neither doctrine from the words of my mouth, forsake her not, and she shall preserve you. Love her, and she shall keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom, and with all you're getting, get understanding. Looking at, at, at these verses, I'll, I'll stop here. I was able, when I taught high school, I put some of these proverbs on the wall. Now, I did not put the scriptural reference to them. I just wrote the words on the wall. Uh, 
And every now and then I'd have a student to ask me if they came from the Bible. And of course I, w I would say yes. But it had to do with schooling, wisdom, and to get it, to get the wisdom. So I wanted to portray that, and we did. But if we look uh, closer at, let's say, verses uh, 7 through 9, Wisdom is a principal thing, therefore get wisdom, and with all you're getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she shall promote you. She shall bring you to honor when you embrace her. She shall give to your head an adornment of grace, a crown of glory shall she deliver to you. Again, wisdom is a real thing, like a block of gold, a diamond, or a good reputation. It is good. And being good, it needs to be properly displayed, shown for others to see. That's the real point here. Wisdom is good, but it's assumed to be good. But Solomon is showing here that this good wisdom needs to be used. It needs to be seen. Not only do we need to use it to make good choices, but we also need to use it for others to see so that eventually they can use it. Now, in verse 8, we see the world or we see the word exalt. And if we look at the word exalt, the Hebrew word for exalt is salal. Salal. And it means to mound up or raise up to see. Remember what Jesus said about lighting a candle? Remember the song? You know, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. No, I want to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. No, we're not going to light a candle and then hide it. But we want to not only light the candle, but we want to hold it up so we can be seen and the light from it can direct. And so it is with wisdom here. We have that, that uh, thing here about wisdom being held up as a light. Now, we can talk about how it adorns like jewelry, and we previously discussed that. But here, something else is added. We have the terms grace, a crown of glory. Now, regarding, now regarding our salvation, do we deserve it? Do we deserve grace? We will receive a crown of, of glory. But do we deserve it? You know, we might want to answer no. We don't deserve it. And I guess in that regard, we don't. But, but in God's view, he created us. He created us with purpose and intent. And as scripture says, we are his children, the sheep of his pasture. And it is his desire to bestow grace upon us and give us a crown of glory. So too then, it is his desire as our Heavenly Father passing to his children his wisdom of life for us to have and thus wisdom and crown of glory. 
can you imagine coming from God? Now, if we look at verse 10 and 11, Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of your life shall be many. I have taught you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in right paths. Now, there are two terms here we want to focus on. And we see the word receive in verse 10, and we see the word taught in verse 11. The word taught comes from the Hebrew word yara, yara, and it means to shoot with direction, like shooting an arrow. But you're going to shoot an arrow to a, uh, to a specific target. There is a target that you are aiming for. And so there is direction and purpose for you shooting the arrow in that direction. So it is here. Think about how much God knows. Think about the wisdom of God. That's a lot, is it not? But yet, imagine God wanting to bestow wisdom upon his children. Well, he's not going to bestow every single tidbit of wisdom or information that God knows to every single person. But again, like we've previously stated, he has created us with certain talents and abilities. And based on our circumstances, our spouse, our children, our grandchildren, our brothers and sisters, our lifestyle, we live in Alabama and not Seattle or Russia. But based on our circumstance, he gives us wisdom for a specific purpose and direction. And so here, the father is aiming on purpose and with intent, shooting his wisdom toward his child. And in verse 10, he actually adds something else here. In wanting this arrow of wisdom to hit the mark, so to speak. We should not be moving targets when it comes to God shooting or directing his wisdom toward us. I mean, it's bad enough. I've tried to shoot a bow and arrow, and and, uh, I can kind of sort of shoot an arrow in a direction. But imagine the greater difficulty in trying to hit a moving target. And so that's the concept we have here. God is trying to bestow upon us the wisdom that he wants us to have. But yet if we're moving around, and we're moving around obviously on purpose, we are not still to wait on God's word to feed us. And as a result then, uh, that wisdom is not going to hit us. Uh, God's not going to grab a hold of us and force us to be still so that he can hit the target. We need to be still and let God's wisdom hit us right between the eyes where it needs to. Now looking at verses 12 through 19. When you go, your steps shall not be, or excuse me, your steps shall not be straightened. When you run, you shall not stumble. Take hold of instruction. Let her not go. Keep her, for she is your life. Enter not the path of the wicked, and go not the way of evil men. Avoid it. Pass not by it. Turn from it, and pass away. For they sleep not, except they have done mischief. 
and their sleep is taken away unless they cause and fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. Gee, haven't we seen that today, uh, last few weeks? But the path of the just is as the shining light that shines more and more unto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at all what they stumble. Now, as we look at this grouping of verses, uh, the path here of wisdom is contrasted with the path of foolishness. On the one hand, we have the path of the wise. It's going to be straight. The path of the foolish will be crooked and meander without any purpose. The path of the wise will be, well, it'll be lit for each step to be seen. We can see each and every step we take with care. But the path of the foolish, we see in verse 19, will be dark. But even more is explained here. The path is dark, okay, but there's a stumbling block in front of you, and here, not only is the path dark, but when you stumble, you don't even know what you stumbled over. It is so dark, you don't even know what you stumbled over. And for sure, there are stumbling blocks in our pathways of life. And unfortunately, some of these stumbling blocks can be so-called Christians. But if we are wise enough, our path is lit, and we can see the stumbling block, and we can easily go around it. Now, as we read verses 20 through 27, I want us to notice the body parts. Of course, you know me, I'm an anatomist, and, and the human body is phenomenal. And, and I hope you, if you haven't uh, received my book or gotten the book, to, to read it. But the physical body is, is amazing. But if we read verses 20 through 27, we see a lot of body parts. We see ear, eyes, heart, mouth, lips, flesh, eyelids, feet, foot. Just listen. My son, attend to the words, my words. Incline your ear unto my saying. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life unto you that find them, and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from you a forward mouth, a perverse or devious lips. Put far apart from you. Let your eyes look right on and let your eyelids look straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Turn not the right hand nor the left. Remove your foot from evil. A lot of body parts here. So we see that wisdom is life itself. All of the body parts that we have, and we can move to uh, study Paul and, and look at how the body parts are put together for various purposes and intent, and how wisdom is, is essentially the glue that's going to hold our body parts together. Jesus said, I am the way, 
the truth, the life. Thus, with the knowledge of Christ, we have life. But here in Old Testament Proverbs, we understand what that means. As long as we focus on Christ, he will direct our path. But here, we are saying that if we stray from wisdom, not only will we stumble because we can't see the pathway, but it's going to be so bad we won't even know why we stumbled. Have you ever stumbled and wondered why? Why you fell? Why you stumbled? Well, what's the purpose of knowing why you stumbled? Well, <laughs> so you won't do it again. But without wisdom, you will keep stumbling and stumbling. You will keep making the same mistakes over and over and over again. And how sad is that? And it's because you just don't know any better. How sad that is. And so we have the wise father that looks upon the unlearned child trying to impress knowledge and wisdom upon the unlearned. Well, time's run out, and uh, I guess we need to close it out. I hope you have a good week, and actually next Saturday, I think, is the 4th of July holiday, so I hope you have a good 4th. At least I hope it's as good as it can be in these trying days. So at least until next time, so long.